Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, thank you, Dennis. And it's great to be here with you. And I love what you're doing. Great. Thank you. Hey, I've got a few questions for you. And I've obviously given our listeners a brief introduction to you. Tell me more about your background. Yeah, so if I'm listening to this, the last thing I want to hear is someone to go through their whole freaking <laughs> resume, right? So yeah. let me just give you the, hopefully the more interesting points. But I grew up in a steel town in Indiana in the U.S. And this was a huge, you know, U.S. steel, it was called. So it was it was like its own city. But I ended up working as a janitor in the steel mill going through high school and pretty much a lower uh, middle class background. And so I was wildly motivated by fear. And so, you know, growing up being this janitor, I was a janitor in a hospital. So I, I had this experience of feeling definitely like an underdog, which really shaped me. And going from there, I was, uh, if you ever saw the Forrest Gump movie, there's a famous scene where Forrest is running and he shakes off his his braces. And so I kind of felt like looking back like Forrest Gump because I, you know, went to college and went to law school because I thought, hey, certainly I'll be able to take care of myself financially. And I hated it. I went back at my MBA, went into pharmaceutical business and healthcare for, you know, 15 years and then went to a different company, Johnson and Johnson, for another 13 years. And so through this whole, you know, adventure, being a woman, being Hispanic, and then coming out as gay and then having a baby, I, and I would say having a sixth grade sense of humor, I wasn't exactly the poster child for, you know, corporate America, but all of that ended up helping me be successful. Well, what a fascinating background and, and that you, you've just shared with, uh, with us. It's amazing. You know, going from janitor then into a C-suite kind of role, for what we see a lot of our in the world today, there is that glass ceiling that a lot of people talk about, especially for females and, and leadership and things like that. I mean, one of the questions I've got is how did you get into leadership? But then also how did you transition into, into those more senior roles? Yeah, in the beginning, it was a lot about just sheer busting ass. You know, mm. I was the person that worked super hard and you know, oftentimes people would talk about, you know, sponsorship and I didn't have a sponsor. And that happened when I was in my early 30s. And I met this wonderful leader at Lilly. He was 60. And I don't know, he saw something in me and he 
took me under his wing and, you know, he gave me a lot of different opportunities, which ultimately changed the trajectory of my career. And Dennis, he gave me this incredible gift. And yes, it was the promotions and all that, but he gave me the gift of self-confidence. And when I think about the power that leaders have to give others, to enable, to unleash their self-confidence, I just never, I will never forget him. And he, he really, he changed the not only the trajectory of my career, but really he changed my life. Whoa. I mean, I've got goosebumps just listening to what you're sharing there because you see, it comes down to not just what we say, but it's how we, how we treat people as leaders. And it's so impactful that it means for years later, listeners, that you can be still impacted by that one person, that one conversation, that one yes. word. And I think, as you said, the gift of self-confidence, that's, that's just a beautiful way of saying it. However, what he actually did was he actually saw what you, you had, you know, you had something, something you could offer and helping you bring that out and actually helping other organizations. I think that is, Denise, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to ask the question here. Is, I think that's what our roles as leaders is, to bring the best out of other people. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, and I, I truly believe that's, you know, having come from a background where as a janitor and not being in the in crowd, I didn't feel seen. And mm. when I, you know, you don't forget those feelings. And so as I moved into leadership positions, a lot of hard work, but also individuals that truly helped me and opened doors along the way, I had some tenets that I really believed in. And that is that leading others is such a privilege and it's a privilege because, sure, it impacts the business, but it also gives meaning to our life. And, you know, when you look back, they would say you won't re necessarily remember those business results, but you'll remember people and those people that still keep in touch with you, the people that tell you stories about maybe how you've helped them. And so I learned about leadership that we have the ability to help others be seen. And when they're seen, they can flourish. We have the ability to impact their self-confidence. We have the ability to help them dream. And also when we do this, it's a ripple effect. It impacts their families. It impacts all kinds of things. And today where engagement is just, it's always been critically important. But today with so much incredible change, happening in the world, the leader's ability to embrace or to really grab people's, not their minds, but their hearts, to me is so important and so fundamental. And it requires us to let go of our own bullshit and our mm. own ego. Oh, absolutely. Listeners, if you didn't hear it, embrace and actually grabbing people's hearts and helping them let go of your ego, let go of the bullshit, just get on with it. It is beautiful stuff that Denise is sharing here with us. Yeah, that's awesome. And so the question I've got here is, this person could be for a libel from history. Now, you may have many. I always like to ask, who's your favorite leader and why? It was this, I'm telling you, it was this guy, Alan Clark. And then I had a, another woman who, or a woman who really helped me in her name. So it's Sherry McCoy. And she worked at Johnson & Johnson. And then she went on to be the CEO of Avon. She's Now she's hmm. on a lot of boards, but she was another person that if you were to look at the two of us, you would say, so that's weird. Like, you know, wh what's that connection? Oh, she was always just impeccably dressed. You know, your listeners could see mom in a t-shirt and whatever. And that's 
what I'm most comfortable in, right? And my hair's, you know, <laughs> spiky and, you know, I'm not going to have fancy shoes on. I'm going to have some kind of cool shoes on, but not some designer shoes. They might be designer tennis shoes. But when I look at these two individuals, they not only, the things that they did for me was they created opportunities, but they gave me that insight and coaching and feedback too, you know, like I always say feedback's a gift and like who really believes that? But I think they cared enough to give me advice and to tell me when maybe I was wobbly a little bit, or uh, but also to let me know that they believed in me and I wanted to please them. I really, they took a chance on me and, you know, I had this and I still do on Thanksgiving Day. If Alan Clark were here, I would write him, you know, a long text. And unfortunately, he's passed. But, you know, every Thanksgiving, I write to Sherry McCoy and say to her, like, man, you changed my life. And when you changed my life at work, you changed my family's life because I got bigger opportunities and I made more money and got introduced to different people. And so I have immense gratitude for these individuals and others. I, I've been very fortunate that as I got older, I figured out how important it is to reach out and connect with others. And mm. that was so hard for me in the beginning because I thought, what do I have in common with these people? You know, I don't have the same background. I don't, I felt awkward. And I would sit down and have those one-on-ones. And the night before I'd be like, oh shit, I have to go to dinner or I have to have lunch with this person. And what the hell am I going to talk about? <laughs> and then when I realized, why not just do you? Right. Mm. Why not just to you? Why not talk about what you're watching on TV or what you're doing to connect in a different way? But then that gave me a superpower. And the superpower was honestly just being a real person. And most people, when we're real, people trust us more. They find us more interesting. And so I kind of evolved from self-acceptance to self-celebration. And in doing that, I really think I was uh, able to unwrap the skills that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Look, I, I think it's great. And I, what you just said there is about, if you change my life, you change my family's life. Whereabouts are you in the world today? Oh, I'm calling you from Singapore. Bright, sunny, and really hot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's always hot there. Yeah. It's always great. And you and I have always caught up in Singapore when I've been there several times or a lot of times per year. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. We've always caught up. So I've told our listeners a little bit about your background, just a quick introduction there. Tell me more about your background. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Yeah, sure, sure. I, I spent most of my time in the technology world. And I think it's, it's always exciting. We are always in the forefront of changes and all the new and exciting technology that have lots of promises. Some deliver really well, some pretty far stretch. But I must say that I really enjoy riding ahead of the curve, right? And, and hence, that's why after 30 years with almost 30 years with HP and various other technology companies, I really want to get in the position to continue to enjoy the wave of technology. So now I'm with the company called Lantern.ai, who's providing go-to-market as a service uh, for software as a service business and AI startups. So I think this is really exciting, you know, really continue to propel into the world of as a service everything as a service. And I think that's probably the beginning of, of this wave and we will see more to come. And on the other hand, I'm sitting on a few boards, right? On one hand, I'm serving with Singapore Red Cross as their board council member. 
also the chairman of the international responses. And over the last two years, we were just being so busy with all these COVID responses and all. But I would also say having this strategic view on the board uh, really changed my perspective on many different things, right? We need to look longer term, but at the same time, we also need to be very surgical in our responses to situations that uh, require us to make a difference. So I, I'm enjoying myself a lot, right? Connecting, especially connecting with the network that I built up over time, right? Yeah. People like yourself, in a matter of course, I can get some great advice or some great connects or tips to get things even better, faster, and more responsive. I think this one thing we shouldn't underestimate, the network that we build up over time, right? Am I yeah, cool. really excited? Yep. That's awesome. I'm going to come back to you in relation to the networking, but there was something else you said before, which is around your background. So here you are at a large, well, it was a Fortune 10 company, and then, of course, it split up being Hewlett-Packard. Then you've gone and left there. Now you've gone into a startup, but then you've also gone from an internal senior role within a large corporate, now also as a board member of a couple boards as well. Tell me, the transition between the corporate into the startup and then into the boards, what's that transition been like for you? It is an interesting one. Yeah, I think you need to be conscious that you need change. You need to have a change in your mindset, your attitude about how things happen and you need to change the world, but you need to change yourself first, right? Uh, you need to be adaptive. You need to be adjusting yourself to the different requirement. And every situation requires you to be different. So if you, for me, I need to switch consciously to that mindset and no longer in a large company, I need to be as nimble, as flexible, and as adaptive to the environment that I needed to. Yeah, yeah, so good. So we need to be adaptive, we change and nimble. And also our mindset. I mean, that's a huge one, right, around the mindset. And Dennis, you said earlier on the, before that even, so you actually said about how you enjoy the ride ahead of the curve. And I think that's the words you used. When you say that, what do you do to stay ahead of the curve? Yeah, that's a good one. So I would normally try to look at the big picture, where the entire trend is heading, where the situation is heading. Then allow me to project myself so that I can be in a place where I can receive the ball, right? I can read the ball, where it's going. And you, you need to move to where the park is heading instead of responding to yesterday's situation. So that's what I, I normally would aim to do. Sometimes I might miss it, but sometimes I will run ahead of the ball. But it's this practice and trying to anticipate and you will get it right as you kind of perfectly art. It's a combination of art and science, you know, by reading a situation. Well, that's a nice way of putting it, a combination of art and science. But you're right, it's actually reading the situation before it even happens and having that sort of hindsight, well, not hindsight, having that vision and that insight to be able to actually see it happening as well, and which is, which is fantastic. Now, the other thing you mentioned, as I said, I'll come back to it, was networking. And as you said, I think that's probably one of the big things that has helped you be successful and other leaders as well. But a lot of leaders out there today aren't very good at networking. What would be one or two tips you might actually say to people that they should do in building a network? Well, what, what are one or two things they can do? Well, to be honest, I'm not extrovert. So for me, networking doesn't come naturally. But I do consciously find common interests and common topics that I could strike a win-win relationship, right? And I, I believe in building a relationship for long term. So mm. I'm not going to go in with the short term gain for myself, 
over the other party. But I would want to go in, understand what's their hot button. What would they need me to value add to them in the, this relationship? Because once I establish that, then typically I could work ourselves from business associate to partners mm-hmm. and then sometimes into friends. If the common interests go beyond uh, just a business win-win solution, right? And into personal interests, I think that's where it will be, you know, the, the level that you can have a really sustainable uh, network out there. Yeah, fantastic. And I really like what you say there about building relationships. I think people tend to sort of get hung up about that word networking. And it's not about networking. It's about building relationships for the future as, as well as you said. And, and I think that's very good that we can do that. Looking for people's hot buttons and helping them. And, and yes, I think that that's great. And when you said you're probably an, you're not an extrovert, you're an introvert. Come on, man. I, I, I've seen you. We've, we've had some fun together and good laughs and things like that. And, and I know that you're here at times of being spiky as well. What do you mean you're not an extrovert? <laughs> yeah, those are my antennas to pick up the right signal. But you know, there, there's a bit about natural self, right? So if I'm in my downtime, I might be just reading a few books, magazines, watching some movies or, or pick up some nice photography to learn more. I, I'm probably more in the mode of learning, but I want to learn in a quiet space. And that's my natural self. But when I'm then out on almost like a mission, right? Be it a business setting or in a personal setting where I need to connect, where I need to build up relationship for a long-term good. It could be a charitable mission. It could be a business mission. But then I switch on to that mode about wanting to build sustainable relationship and meaningful relationship. And I constantly ask myself, how could I value add to this party, to this person that I'm meeting, right? Uh, so that maybe it's uh, quite a strain to myself. That's why sometimes it becomes not that enjoyable, right? Uh, but sometimes mm. when it's so much fun that you, you, you forget that you are in a mission too, right? Yeah. And I think if you have fun and you have a little bit of humor, it actually does help things along a bit because at times it can be a little bit difficult for sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.